So I'm going to break down exactly what tools you need, what team structure you need, and what the workflows are going to be for the content SEO social flywheel journey. All right, welcome back to this very special podcast series where I think it's the first of its kind where we're going to be going through the exact process, the steps that we are taking to build out what we're calling the content SEO social flywheel, or in other words, the content machine. Now, if you're not sure what that is, then go back to the episode before this on the feed where I explain exactly why we're doing this, what it is, and why you should also be doing this. If you're, say, the founder, CEO of a B2B company, then maybe you're not going to be the person who's going to be implementing this, in which case I would recommend sharing this with your marketing manager. If you're the marketing manager, then it's probably going to be you. Though if you're the founder or CEO of a smaller company, you may also be implementing this, so it could be hyper relevant to you. But in today's episode, I'm calling this one the plan, where I'm going to outline the team structure that's needed, the setup, the tools that are needed, the metrics we're going to track, and then I'm going to dig into the individual workflows within this whole process that enable us to build that flywheel. So let's jump in first and outline the team requirements or the people requirements that are going to be needed in order to implement and effectively get the flywheel turning. So first up is you. Now you are probably either founder CEO of a smaller company or the marketing manager or marketing resource in the marketing team of a larger B2B company. Now your job is essentially to be responsible for everything or responsible or accountable for everything. All the metrics that we're going to be talking about later in this episode, you are responsible for improving them. You're the almost the sponsor of this project. If you're the founder CEO, you probably don't have a boss or the, the board, uh, essentially your boss, and you're saying to them, we're going to invest this amount of time and funds over six months. This is what essentially we're going to get back from that. And the same if you're the marketing manager, you're either reporting to the CMO or potentially directly into the founder, CEO, or maybe even the COO. But again, you're saying we're going to invest this amount of time and cash into this project. And this is what we're going to see in terms of metrics. So that's your job. And really what we're going to be trying to do with you is ensuring that you're as strategic as possible. We don't really want you to be getting into the weeds of any of the workflows, because if that is the case, then it's harder for you to be strategic about this, but also about every other thing that you're responsible for in the business. So you're overseeing this. At the start, you may need to actually action some of the workflows in order to actually make them work for handing them over to someone else. But ideally, we want to keep you as strategic as possible. So you're going to be responsible for finding and training the other team members that we'll talk about in a second, tracking metrics and ensuring quality. That is going to be the limit of what you're, you should be doing in this machine. Next up, we want to have a full time admin slash outreach person. Now we want them to be full-time because these people are relatively inexpensive. We could probably find someone reasonable on Upwork for let's say $10 an hour. We're going to have them full-time and this really is going to unlock all of the smaller admin tasks that you don't need to be doing. They can be doing all of the outreach that we're going to be doing. They're going to be doing this. And so we recommend having this person full-time. They could be freelance or they can be in-house. You can find very good people on Upwork or other freelancer marketplaces. Next up, we're going to need a graphic designer. Now, this person can be part-time, but we are going to be wanting to design 
images and potentially even videos that are going to enable us to get more engagement on social and a designer is crucial for this. This designer should be working with the brand guidelines of your company already. So they won't really need to design like new things. Typically, they'll just be working through those guidelines to create new types of assets. And so they won't need to be like hyper skilled. They don't need to be like a really experienced designer. They can be a junior slash mid-level designer. Next up, we're going to also need one to two writers. And I suggest these writers are typically freelance. And we can either pay them either per amount of words, or actually I prefer to pay them per hour. And we typically pay writers between 20 and $40 per hour. And that will get someone who has experience writing within the niche. This is super important. We, If we're going to be able to create content that our ideal customers actually want to consume and that actually helps them with their goals, we are going to need someone who has domain expertise. Now, that person is typically you, and so you can kind of insert that domain expertise into the writing. It's also very useful if we have the writers with actual domain expertise. And so that's why we want to keep these people freelance so it's easier to find someone with domain expertise and then also pay them a little bit more, so around $20 to $40 per hour. So that's the team. Yourself, probably you're full-time in the business, but this might be, say, between 10 and 30% of your time. You're going to be strategic. Then we have one full-time admin person, probably around $10 per hour if you're going freelance, maybe less if you employ them full-time. A part-time designer, they need to be junior to mid-level. And then one to two writers freelance paying between $20 and $40 per hour. Next up, let's talk about the setup and tools. And so we use four different things. We recommend using these, but obviously if your company uses different things, different tools, then you could switch those in. So we basically need a project management software. We need some way to communicate asynchronously. We need some way to communicate externally via email. And then we also need somewhere to store all of our assets. So for those four things, we use Trello for project management. We use Slack for asynchronous communication. We use Freshdesk for external communication via email. And then we use Google Drive in order to store assets. And so Google Sheets to create what we call a master tracker and then also tracking metrics within that sheet. And then we use Google Docs to write out strategy and to store written content. So there are obviously alternatives to all of those four, but these four do tie nicely together. They all integrate so they can all talk to each other and you can have alerts set up within Slack for Trello, Freshdesk, and Google Drive. And so these four all fit nicely together, but I'm assuming that Asana could also slide in there quite nicely. I'm assuming that Dropbox could also replace Google Drive. So let's dig a little deeper into the setup within each of these. So we have one Trello board called the Content Machine, which has all of our resources within there. We also then have lists for the stages of different tasks. So we have a pipeline, a list where this is for tasks that are no longer, like that we don't actually need to that action right now to do. And then the task we now need to action that in progress, in review, and then live slash done, then on hold. And so for all of the tasks we're going to be discussing later on in this episode, they will have a Trello card assigned with a relevant due date, with the right label, and also with the right person assigned. So at any one point, you, the marketing manager, the CEO, can jump in there and understand the current state of all the work within the content machine. Now in Slack, we have one channel, which we call the content machine, which all those updates, significant updates in Trello, e.g. when a card has moved from one list to the other, they are posted into Slack. So again, everyone can see what's happening. And then we also have ad hoc asynchronous communication in Slack where we need to discuss things. That can also happen within Trello comments, but if it's more urgent or more general, then that will happen in Slack. 
Freshdesk is used to communicate externally. So it's essentially a help desk ticketing software. And so we can send outbound emails from that. And also when we get replies, everyone can view them and then we can assign them to the relevant person who needs to reply. And then Google Drive, we have one folder called the content machine. And then we have subfolders within that for different workflows. We have a master tracker, which is a Google sheet with different tabs tracking different things. And then we also have one strategy doc, which is in a Google doc. Then of course, every blog post or every social post is created within a Google doc. And the links to those assets, when they're being created, are added to the Trello card. So if anybody wants to understand what's happening with a specific task, they can go to the Trello card, find the doc, go and review it. And we can also use the comments within the Google Sheets and Google Docs in order to collaborate on the creation of those assets. All right, and let's now move on to metrics. So essentially, the few metrics that we're definitely not looking for, are the few metrics that we are looking for. So first off, we are not looking for email leads generated. This is something that used to work maybe five, 10 years ago when HubSpot popularized collecting leads in exchange for eBooks. But now we don't advocate for that. We advocate for giving away your best stuff through onto social channels and onto your blog, getting the engagement that that deserves, actually helping people so they might tell their friends about you as opposed to trying to get the email address. And so we're not concerned about picking up emails, we are concerned about what we like to call consumption metrics. We know that if we are producing content for our ideal customers or for the people that influence our ideal customers, and it's getting consumed, then ultimately that's going to come back to us in the form of word of mouth or in the form of demo requests slash proposal requests. So ultimately, this content machine down the line is going to or should produce an increase in demo requests or proposal requests, depending on how you do this. Also, if you have like a product like growth strategy, then also we probably see an increase in installs or free trials. That's ultimately what we're looking for. But within the first kind of two to three months, we're not going to be too concerned about that because there are other metrics that will, that are leading metrics that if we get those right, then we definitely will see the increase in those other metrics. So those consumption metrics that we're going to be looking at are going to be web traffic, Podcast downloads, if you're running a podcast, and then social engagement slash impressions. So the highest on that list, or the highest number there will probably be social engagement slash impressions. Then next, probably podcast downloads and then web traffic. We're also going to be looking at SEO specific metrics, such as referring domains. So that is the number of other domains that are linking to your domain, and then also total organic sessions. So those are the consumption metrics that we're going to be looking for within the first two to three months. As we start releasing this content and building the flywheel, we should see a slow increase in those. At the same time, we're going to be looking for qualitative feedback. So these are comments on LinkedIn, DMs on LinkedIn, Slack messages in communities that you're in, tweet replies, and basically anything from anybody showing that the content you're creating is making them think or is adding value to their lives. So the first two to three months, we're looking for that quality feedback, and then we're looking for those consumption metrics. Over time, we're going to be looking for an uplift in proposal requests, demo requests, or if you have a product like growth strategy, then it's going to be installs and free trials. And so the way we're going to be tracking this is in our master tracker, we can have one tab called metrics, where we're going to list each of those metrics that I just shared. And then on the x-axis, we're going to have week. We'll start off by tracking weekly. That could probably go to monthly down the line, but we want to understand if we're actually making progress week on week at the start. And then the juicy stuff. So what are the actual workflows we're going to be kicking off when we kick off 
the content SEO social flywheel. So I'd like to break this down into two sections. We're going to have own content. So these are content that we are creating and then putting onto our social channels, onto our domain, and then also guest content. So any content we're going to be creating that's going to go onto other people's RSS feeds or other people's domains. So in own content, we have five different areas. So we have social posting. This can be both through your personal profile and then also through own communities. For now, we're not going to post anything from company profiles. Right now, they're not getting enough organic engagement. So we're just going to limit this to any community that you own. We'll also talk about in future episodes how you build a community for yourself and then also your personal profile. And we're probably just going to choose one to start with. Probably going to be LinkedIn if you're in B2B. Then blog content. So this is the written content we're going to be putting onto our own blog. Podcast, if we're running a podcast, this is the audio content we're going to be putting onto our own RSS feed. Email. So this is content we're going to be putting in emails that we're going to be sending to our own lists. These are opt-in lists. And then the final one here is link building. So this is content that we're going to be sending out, not to be published, but in order to get links back to our own domain. So that's the five within own content. And then we have two on guest content. There's both guest blogging, so written content being put onto someone else's domain, and then guest podcasting, which is us co-creating audio content to put on someone else's RSS feed. So in future episodes, we're going to be digging into each of these seven different areas more may emerge in the future. And we're going to be digging into exactly what we're going to be doing on each area, what we're doing here at Fame on each area. And I'll show you what we're doing, how that's evolved, how it's working and what isn't working at the same time. And so I think that's going to be the next like seven or so episodes. We're going to spend one digging into each of these areas. And then perhaps in between those, I'll be updating on how we're doing with each of those areas and like sharing metrics of what is and what isn't working. So I hope this episode was valuable. I hope you have a good understanding of what we're actually going to be doing within the content SEO social flywheel slash the content machine. In episode one, we talked about what this is, why it's worth doing, why you should be doing it. In episode two, we just discussed the team we're going to need, the tools we're going to use, the metrics we're going to track, and then also the separate workflows that we're going to be working towards. Any questions you have, hit me up, tom at fame.so or just add me slash DM me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm super excited to get this started and I'm super excited to see any results that you may create. Thank you for listening.